Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you, along with Brendan Escott. This is Oilers Now, brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. They wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Again, uh, we'll head off momentarily to the River Cree Resort Casino hotline. When the province is back up and at them, the River Cree Resort Casino will be back up and at them. Keep texting us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 7804960063. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for 35 years. Just before I go to Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack, former minor pro goaltender Herm, who spent years uh, working in the Western Hockey League, has texted the show to say, uh, Bob, Oilers need to show the Canadian teams that they are playing with an edge build team culture with backing each other up. It's going to be a dogfight for the top four spots. Attitude is everything. Well, our next guest as a general manager built one of the toughest teams in NHL history to win the Stanley Cup, the 2007 Anaheim Ducks. Truculence was always part of his deal. For Canadian Power Pack Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication, solar, Brian Burke. Hello, Brian. How are you? I'm good, Bob. How are you? Good. Can you build that type of edge, or is that something that has to grow organically within the context of your team? Well, I think you can bring in a certain kind of player. Uh, Obviously, the difference between that team, that was, what, 14 years ago now. Um, That team was, was, we could play any way you want. It was a, a pure top six, bottom six, which I don't think would work today. I think you need a top nine, bottom three. But there's still a role for players who are physical and can skate, like Tom Wilson, uh, Josh Anderson, uh, Garnet Hathaway in Washington. These are guys who can skate and participate and contribute, but also bring that element. And uh, so I think it's still a very important part of the game, no question. I don't think Edmonton's been pushed around at all. I do think there were Winnipeg played McDavid hard the other night. I know DeMello kind of stepped on him a bit, a bit stepped up on him a bit. And I was like, somebody going to go over there and skate over there and maybe tell him, hey, buddy, do that again, and, you know, you're going to be sucking on a straw for the next month. Uh, but I'd like to get your observations. You're watching the team play, too. Are the orders hard enough yet? Well, I, I haven't felt in any – they got Zach Cassian, who, who was a legit, you know, tough guy and he plays well. Um, I, I haven't sensed that they got pushed around in any game yet so far. So I would say uh, I, I don't think they're, they're losing because they're not tough enough, but it's certainly not part of their makeup in terms of the teams they play. No one's looking at Edmonton and saying, oh, boy, we've got to play Edmonton. They're looking at them and respecting the skill and say, oh, boy, we've got to play Edmonton. But I don't think the physical side – but I – you know – there's some truculence in the game, and it's nice to see. You see a Joel Edmondson getting a fight with Tyler Myers for a big hit. Love um, it. You, you see, yeah, I loved it too. You see the odd thing, but you see Chucky go nuts last night or the night before. But uh, in general, it's all about skill right now. But I still think if you find players that have an edge, and you know, like a guy that has a little bit of edge is Yamamoto. 
he he, he likes to, he likes to throw his weight around. He's just not that big a guy. But uh, I think you got to respect the skill in the league, and that's what I watch the games. And in the regular season, I feel there's a, a fair amount of flag football where you're like, God, is someone going to hit someone? But I think the games so far have been excellent. All right. Uh, you know what? I wasn't going to – you brought up uh, Matthew Kachuk. Uh, I know I put a tweet out basically saying, I don't know what surprised me more, the fact that the Leafs didn't do it, anything about it the next game or that M- Matthew Kachuk, a master of gamesmanship, got played the way he did uh, by Jake Muzz. I'd like to get your thoughts on, on the Leafs' uh, response and how they approach things. And conversely, if you were surprised that Matthew got as upset as he did. Well, nothing Matthew Kachuk ever does will surprise me. <laughs> he's he's a great player, and he's he's mean, and that sandpaper is part of his game, and that's never going to change. And that that's that he comes by that honestly with his dad and his brother. Um, so, and you meet the mom, and she's such a sweet lady, and you're like, how do they come up with these kids? <laughs> the, the fact of the matter is, um, this is what makes Matthew Kachuk successful, and I think he was legitimately enraged by what happened. But to me, I, I just look at it as it wasn't that big a deal. You know, Jake Muslin right here, screw you, kid, and flips the puck at him. It's not yeah. like he fired it at him. Yeah. It's not like he tried to hit him in the head. So to me, it was just a good postscript to the game. It adds a little color, gets the people interested in the next one. I didn't mind it at all. Leafs are 6-2. and two. Is that their answer to not responding uh, on that play with Jack Campbell? Well, they're very open about it. Their view is that their toughness is their power play. And you, you want to run the Leafs, and, and you want to spend time in the box, you're going to pay. They've been very open about that. They'll, they, they've said it publicly. Kyle Dubas has said that. Their, their view is that they're, they're going to outskate you and out-puck out possess you. And if you want to take penalties, they're very happy to watch you skate to the box. So this is how they added Wayne Simmons, but they took Kyle Clifford out of the lineup. So they didn't add any net toughness, but they have a, a tough guy. Yep. And, and, they, and they play hard. You know, they have the puck a lot. And they got a good team. I mean, they're they're obviously one of the better teams in the North. You picked the Habs at the start of the year. Uh, I thought the Canadians would be right there, too. I'm just wondering if at some point maybe that approach doesn't come back and bite them when the hockey is no longer flag football, Brian. Yeah, and that's the, that's the question. It's failed them the last few years, obviously. And they've had no playoff success, and I think that's a big part of it. So they bring in Zach Bogosian, that he helps. He's a big body, and he's he's mean. Uh, they bring in Wayne Simmons, who's a really proficient player, uh, adds their power play and adds toughness and adds leadership. I love that signing. Um, but that's not their bread and butter. Their bread and butter is take as many penalties as you want. We're going to respond by putting goals up. Brian, should Oilers fans be more concerned about a bottom six forward group that's been outscored uh, 13-1? to uh, The Oilers have been outscored 13-1 to when McDavid and Drysaddle aren't on the ice, okay? One of them. 13-1 to uh, in that situation. Should they be more concerned about that or maybe some of the challenges on the back end? Uh, you know, Winnipeg just crashed the net and Edmonton had some issues clearing guys out in front, poor positional coverage, that sort of What would be a greater area of concern for you? Well, I think I haven't asked Kenny about this, but uh, Kenny Holland, of course, I mean, my view is I think that he strategically signed some veterans to make sure they had more depth. And Kyle Turris so far, he's scuffling right now as a player. He's not contributing enough. And and I like Kyle as a player, but right now he's not getting it done. And some of the other guys are getting it done on the back end. I think Edmonton believed that their, their six, their group of six D 
was better than that they've played so far. And I say so far because I don't think those kids are done yet. You know, I look at Ethan Berry. He hasn't had the start he wanted, but he's a quality player. I think Caleb Jones is going to be a good player. But I say yet. You know, not yet. They haven't lived up to their billing yet. But it's still pretty early. And, and I keep telling people, right now, we'd just be coming out of training camp. If this were a regular season, we, and they'd have played a bunch of preseason games, and we'd have had two weeks of camp or two and a half weeks of camp, and it would be very different. And I think these guys are we're coming out at like a 45 record versus a 33 RPM, and I'm showing my age there. But it's at a different pace once you start playing, and I don't think they were ready for that. But I, I don't sense that they can't get there. We're joined by Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication and solar. Uh, I'm with you. I, I, you know, I'm still fairly bullish on Baron Jones to elevate. I think Barry will get better settled as well. Um, specific with younger, younger players, can you recall a time where a guy just popped and suddenly it happened? Like they were scuffling along and then it all just came together and boom, the player took off. It's happened for me. It's ha- it takes defensemen a little longer. It's a much tougher position to play. But over the years, I've had guys like that that just all of a sudden figured it out. And I think the best example in the North Division is Suzuki. Like, he played in the bubble. He played better than he'd ever played before, and it's like a light went on. And he's been playing at that level ever since. He's getting better by the day. So it does happen. And, uh, you know, I'm not ready to quit on this team yet. I, th- I think they've made some good changes, and I think they're a better team than they're playing. The goaltending hasn't been good enough. You know, Mike Smith got hurt, and Koskinen's not getting it done like they need him to. But, though, you know, he did last year in the regular season. So I'm not ready to panic yet. It's still really early, and they're all divisional games. So keep in mind, Evan just has to win four in a row, which they need to do at some point, and all of a sudden they're right back in the hunt. This is not a typical season where you lose to Anaheim. It doesn't affect you in the standings. You lose here, and it's a divisional team has just picked up two points on you. And I'm also, the number of three-point games, it's up. I'm actually going to do a board on this tomorrow night, I think. I think the number of three-point games is 26% of the games played so far have been three-point games. And last year, it was 20%. So teams are picking up extra points at a, at a better clip than they did a year ago. You brought up Mike Smith. Mikko Koskinen, when he played in St. Petersburg, split time and was pretty good. Last year, he split time. He was pretty good. He had a 917 save percentage. He had a higher save percentage than Smith. He went 18-13-3. Smith went 19-12-6, though Smith had a, a you know lower save percentage. There is one aspect that Smith does that could help a younger D. He can really handle a puck. Is that an overrated thing, in your opinion, for goaltenders, or is it legitimate in the case of Mike Smith? No, it's a great asset. And you have to live with every once in a while he's going to bumble it and and they're going to score a goal and you're going to say, God, why doesn't he just stay in the crease? But when we had Smitty in Calgary, it was like having three defensemen. So our D didn't even go back to retrieve pucks that that Smitty could get to. They would just peel off to the corners. So the four-checker approaches Smitty. He delivers a tape-to-tape pass, and they're out of the zone. It's a tremendous advantage. Right now, teams are soft-chipping, soft-dumping into the order zone uh, and forcing Evanson's defensemen to play, uh, make plays under duress. They don't have Smith back there directing traffic or maybe helping them outlet. I wonder if it becomes a different scenario uh, if and when he gets back in there. And I don't want to be excuse-making, uh, Brian, for our fans. Oh, Stoffer, there you are. You're, but I, I think it's a legitimate thing as well that they actually miss right now as compared to last season. 
Well, look at Carey Price. Carey Price handles the puck. They never talk about it because they expect it. He handles the puck brilliantly. And you look at how he helps their defense when he plays. He gets back on the dumpings. He stops the puck. He moves it to a defenseman. So instead of a defenseman going behind the net, now you've got two defensemen standing off to the side, one on each side, and the goaltender's got options. Well, how do you forecheck that? So you're not wrong, and you're not making excuses. Mike Smith is a, a valuable asset for the way he handles the puck. Can a goaltender lead a team? Uh, I've I've never had one where I felt the key leadership. I've had really quality people in that. J.S. Seguera is a quality, quality guy. But, no, I, I wanted the leadership from skaters. Yeah, that, that's understandable. Are you watching, just as an aside, I, I want to circle back to a team that you, you've got history with. I'm watching Anaheim. There's a lot of goalies right now that are, like, save percentages are down around the league, Brian. There's one guy that's just killing it. John Gibson is unbelievable for Dallas Akins and the Anaheim Ducks right now. He's yeah, off he, the charts. He, he, he's a great goaltender. He has been for a couple of years and no one noticed, but he's really carrying the team right now. They can't score goals, and he's keeping them in every game. They're, they, they only need one or two goals to win in Anaheim. You work for that family. Are they going to, like, it looks to me like they've got a fairly lengthy rebuild. Is that a fair assessment? I mean, I don't know how many high end offensive prospects they have coming up. I know they got Sherrod Park, Sam Steele in their lineup, and we know they were in on Dubois. But are you, are you a little, like, what do you think is going to shake out there? Well, I think they counted on the young players, the Sam Steeles. They've got uh, Zegris coming. I think they counted on the younger players making more of a contribution than they have, much like Edmonton thought their defense would be better than they've been so far. And that could pop at any time. Those guys are were dangerous offensive players in junior, and that could pop at any time. But right now they can't score goals. And the only reason they're not getting lit up is because of John Gibson. Yeah, he's fantastic. What do you think of the uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois trade to Winnipeg that sent Patrick Liney and Jack Roselvik to Columbus? Well, I think both teams did pretty well because you're, you're dealing, I said this on TV, the hardest thing in the world for a GM is to trade a distressed asset and get fair market value for him. Because once the other GMs know he wants out, and I went through it with Pavel Burry. I did not make a good trade for Pavel Burry. But we were losing, and we needed to get players back in who could help us win. So we made a volume trade. So I got Eddie Jovanovski, who was really important for us. I got Dave Gagne, got Mike Brown, I got a first-round pick. But they got a guy that scored 50 goals the next two seasons. And so, to me, I didn't get fair market value. The second hardest thing to do is to trade a star player. Because, again, if you look, most times when a star player moves, he moves for a package. So you look at the Eric Carlson deal. Two players come back to San Jose or uh, to uh, Ottawa, two prospects, and a first-round pick and a second-round pick or whatever it was. So they got they got great value, but not anything that would help them compete at that level of having that player in the lineup. And so in this case, you got two age group stars being traded, one for the other. And I think both teams did really well. It's interesting. By the way, did you did you do the uh, Stoyan off for, for uh, Marcus Naslin deal? Is that yours? No, I wish I could take credit for that one. That was Pat Quinn. <laughs> that was a pretty good trick by Pat. Uh, and Stoyanov would have been your type of player as well. Uh, all right, he's he's a great kid too. And and Pat made so many good deals. People say that's his best deal. I'm like, you better look hard. Pat made some great deals.
Yeah, Brian Burke. Uh, just circling back to Ottawa. I'm a little bit perplexed. I'll tell you why. They moved Stone. Great forward. Terrific winger. Two-way winger. And Brandstrom was supposed to be sort of the featured part of that deal. They got a second-round pick as well. And I'm watching Mike Riley play with Ottawa in a market that's totally far. I like Pierre Dorian. I think that team drafts well. But I'm a little perplexed why you would have a guy like Mike Riley when you when you've basically been given carte blanche, Brian, by the fan base to just just play the kids. And Brandstrom can't even get in a lineup. Yeah, I th- well, Riley's a good player, but he he struggled last night. Like he had a real t- rough time last night, but. Uh... He's a good player. I think at some point they're going to – it's like Bouchard. At some point he's got to play. I think Branson's got to get his shot at some point. All right. Brian, awesome stuff. Love having you on the show. Thank you for joining us on Oilers Now. Thanks, Bob. You bet. That is Sportsnet's Brian Burke. Every Thursday in Oilers Now for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication and solar. 122 in Edmonton. We're going to come back with a clip from Caleb Jones who draws back in and uh, read a couple texts as well. You're listening to Oilers Now. Hi, this is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30 Ched. I'll start with the last game. I think uh, first two periods we, we played really well. I think the third, um, you know, we got a little loose, and we got to keep getting better at trying to protect those leads. Uh, I thought personally, um, I think it was a solid game for, for me and Lars back there. I, mean, I think it's a good game we can build off of, uh, especially after the tough start. So I'm looking forward to that tonight. Um, and I have talked to my brother a little bit. Uh, he kind of says stay positive. It's a weird year with all the hockey being played. And um, it's a little bit of a marathon. But at the same time, um, you know, with only 56 games, it's going to be a sprint. So you got to kind of get up and going. And um, he just told me to, to, you know, trust myself, relax, and, and kind of calm down out there. And I thought I did a good job of that last game. That's Caleb Jones of the Edmonton Oilers. He did a good job answering that question because the dummy who asked it, you're listening to right now, uh, asked it in two separate parts. And uh, that's part of the challenge with Zoom um, is uh, sometimes the hold doesn't work for that second question. So if you give him two quick ones, uh, he can get I, I asked him, I said, how do you think it went last game? And did you talk to your brother during, you know, some of these challenging times when you weren't in the lineup? And he, he gave us a fairly comprehensive answer. Uh, Brandon, you were down a, a bit around the owner's room the last couple of years, certainly on game nights and that sort of thing. Um, Jones is an interesting guy, isn't he? Yeah, I've, I've really liked just the vibe uh, being around him. He's one of the warmer personalities, I suppose, in the room. Super approachable. He was, I mean, if i peeling back the curtain, he was the first guy I felt comfortable enough to do a one-on-one interview uh, within the room. So just, I, I really get the sense that he's somebody that could be, if they keep him around, a real quality room guy moving forward. All right. You want to sequence even events on the first guy you interviewed story? Yeah. <laughs> in 1990, uh, I was working at Sports Night, and uh, I can't remember if it was Greg Musselman or Mike English that wasn't feeling well. So uh, Darren Tatishan said, you're going to the airport. The Oilers had lost to the Hawks. Uh, it was the game in which Dave Brown almost killed Cam Russell on the ice. He bounced his head off the ice in a fight all-time, one of the worst knockouts you'll ever see. Uh, but after the game, so there I'm, you know, they flew into town the next day, and I go to the airport, and Mark Messier's the captain, and I can see right away, he knows the media's there, and he's not, and there Kevin Lowe came over, and so that was the first player that I ever interviewed. Um, 
in sort of in that role. When we started a show called Total Hockey in February of '03, Kevin Lowe was our guest, our first guest. When we, Spectre and myself had Total Sports in 2004, uh, Kevin Lowe was our first guest. When we uh, ended up with Oil, uh, Oilers Lunch. And then orders now, Kevin Lowe was the first guest. So, uh, kind of puts things, uh, just, uh, file out one away. It's funny how you remember, uh, those sort of things. Car, and, and, you know, Kevin's always been incredibly gracious with his time and the great order players like Wayne Gretzky, who we've been privileged enough to have on the show about every four to six weeks here over the last four years. Uh, incredibly giving. There's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less than Wetaskiwin, but outstanding customer service is a key to business as well. Brent Ridge Ford is a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. The year-end event currently being extended and taking place down at Brent Ridge. Let Uncle Milt Rich, Johnny and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford lend a hand. You can call them at one 877 or visit BrentRidge.com. Again, you can text us at any time, 780-496-0063, Ashley Fine Floors text line. Uh, we expect Miko Koskinen against Freddie Anderson. Anderson's numbers against the Oilers are scary. 13-1-1, a 2.21 goals against average, and a 9.28 save percentage. It's going to be interesting to see what happens this summer with Anderson. Because uh, I don't think he's going to get a five or a half or $6 million a year deal. But someone's going to give him an offer, and he's uh, 31 years of age, good goaltender. Anderson against Koskinen, Koskinen's ninth consecutive. Miko Koskinen's played every minute for the Oilers. You heard Brian Burke say it. He thinks the Oilers' uh, uh, D, which has had some challenges here, maybe misses the puck handling abilities of Mike Smith as well. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. When we come back, Edmonton sporting icon George LaRock. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.